This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Energy of Business Moments podcast. I am your host today. I am Michael Seip. We have Peter Erdy of Erdy Designs, who does custom woodworking and is a third-generation woodworker and master craftsman. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Michael. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. You know, this is my, I think it's my third podcast, and I wasn't really that familiar with podcasts before. But then uh, I started to see how many people actually listens to it, and and some people even take something home with it, you know, out of it. So I know there's a lot of guys out there who likes to do this type of work, and um, maybe even thinking about starting a business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd love to give him the uh, ups and downs, or the tricks, or however you want to call it, you know, getting started. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, thank you. For the audience to fully comprehend, and we'll put this in the video footage as well, is, is some of the work that you do, whether it's an exquisite dining table or a bar top or wall art, it's a very unique custom design set of pieces that you do and offer and have been doing for quite a bit now. And it's in the family. Would you share with us a little bit about the woodworking process and, and how that you know, came about for you and how you started that business? Yeah, sure. So, so my grandfather on my, on my mom's side was um, a furniture maker. And I found out on my mom's final weeks, months when she was sick, she told me that he actually made violins as well. So we kind of put some effort into it to see if we could find some of the violins, but it's been so long, you know, and he, um, when my mom passed, my dad was cleaning out the house and he actually found the original master craftsman, master carpenter and craftsman certificate from 1912. And he used to live in Rom- He's actually from Romania, but back then Romania was that part of Romania was actually part of Hungary. So that kind of went on in our, on our family uh, trade and my dad was um, also very handy with wooden stuff. We actually built most of our furniture in our home, <laughs> like bookshelves, bed frames, tables, you know, things like that. And um, I don't have a lot of memories of my grandfather because I was I was quite little, but um, I remember being in his wood shop after he passed. The wood shop was still there. And, you know, they raised 10 kids, and there was a lot of kids in there doing stuff, you know. And I remember my uncles used to take me in there, and I would have to hold a piece of wood or just remembering these big hand planes and um, those old-school rope drills that you, you know, pull the rope back and forth, and then you drill a hole and stuff like that. So, And then, funnily, uh, as a trade... I was actually a welder in a nuclear power plant hmm. and a commercial diver. But when we worked with wood, I just, 
I felt like I was like decompressing. I'm like, oh, this yeah. this is cool, you know. And um, and after when I retired from C, um, I basically I was done with welding. I was done with the steel work, and um, I said I, I want to do something different. So I got back into the more custom furniture making, and um, so that was in 2000. And yeah, 2000. So about 22 years now. And um, since then, I worked for in a lot of shops, which is very limited because you can't really put your own mind against making something because you just, you know, the million charge brings out the drawings and then you just have to go and make it, you know, and you can't really sit there and make your own stuff. And then um, I had a bit of a wake up call in. Um, that seven years ago, my, my youngest son was turning four, but I was working three jobs, right? Oh, so boy. I know. So I was, I was never, never home. Right. So I was working at, at a full-time job and then I was working with a bit of a furniture and handyman stuff. And then I worked in my kid's school because they go to private school and I we wa- really wanted to have them the best education. So I worked in the school so we didn't have to pay the full tuition. But when I asked my youngest son, he was turning um, three, actually, I asked him, what would you like for your birthday? And he said, I want you home. Oh, geez. So that, that, I mean, when you get a, a communication like that from a, a toddler, mm-hmm. you kind of go, wow. Okay. So that's when the idea came that I wanted to start my own business. And I had the opportunity um, seven years ago. And, you know, I said to myself, this, this is America. So any, anything is possible. And I just jumped right in there. And um, I had like 600 slabs. And we really had nothing but a warehouse full of wood slabs. That was it. And um, um, my wife and kids at the time went down to Clearwater Beach and Treasure Island and told my kids, any house is bigger than ours, you put a cart in there and they start flyering these areas, right? And in about two weeks, we got our first job and then I got my first biggest client and uh, that client is returning, is keep coming back for more and and then my wife started to handle all the, the promotional lines, the cold calling. Um, my wife is absolutely phenomenal on the marketing lines. We, we did not know this, but we went to uh, some kind of a marketing seminar. And, you know, the guy who was an expert there said that if you get 10% opening rate on your emails or text messages, that's like a really, really good rate. My wife and I looked at each other real like, wow. And the guy noticed it and said, he goes, you guys don't think it's that great? And I said, well, our opening rate is averaging between 37 and 45%. Oh, man. And we thought that was really bad. So he called us up to actually tell everybody what we do because, you know, it was like a total surprise. They were like, wow. And my wife really creates these, these emails and these text messages and, People just love to respond to it and um, and get get in 
interaction with us and asking questions. And, you know, we try to answer everybody we can, but we got like 1500 emails back sometimes. And, uh, she's on it. For, she's on it for days and days just answering, you know, but we realize it makes it so special and so, so successful is that it's a personal communication, mm-hmm. not just a blanket kind of, um, you know, one of those mass advertisement that goes out with bigger companies. We actually address people and we actually answer people, but in most cases, I don't think people really answer anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how we got into it. And then we, you know, back in the first days, it was, it was hard. Um, I mean, our, our financial planning monthly is about, $15,000 with the rent and everything, you know, so, so, you know, game is afoot. So we just had to really uh, buckle up and uh, make the best out of it. And my kids start to get involved in it and um, we make it into a family kind of a business. My, both of my younger, uh, my kids are doing something. My oldest son started a pen business. He makes custom pens. He's 12 years old and my youngest does uh laser engraving and stuff like that so once everybody got involved we all understood what it really makes to put food on the table so when my kids see that i'm coming home a little late they're like you know i can come after school and sand or something you know so it's a really good experience for them because this is how i grew up i was going from trade to trade every summer break, you know, my, my dad like absolutely demanded from me that I learned some kind of a trade. Mm-hmm. And I thank him up to all the way today that he did that with me. I, I didn't like it back then because I really just wanted to be the ordinary teenager, you know, chasing the girls and going to parties. But he said, no, you will thank me later. And then, I told him every time I talked to him, I said, I just want to thank you for pushing that for me. And, you know, it's, it's a very different um, times to grow up back then than I see people now, you know. We'll probably cover the now part and some of the ups and downs as far as finding, like, people are actually interested. They want to, they want to work, you know. Right, right. You know? Well, thank you for sharing that history of how you got the business going. And what strikes me as so unique is the pride that you all put into it from a family perspective. It's not just you, but it's your wife doing the marketing. It's your kids saying, hey, can I come in and sand? Whatever it is, you've created that culture and environment within a family-run business. And uh, and the the grassroots effort you guys did to hit up the local neighborhood and put out flyers, you know, those are all instrumental lessons that a lot of startup companies struggle with is, you know, how do I reach a customer? How do I connect? And, yeah. and not only do you have the, the company culture, but it spills over into the connections you have with, with your customers. Like they interact with your emails mm. that speaks volumes of what a quality company you guys have. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. So 
So some great lessons there. And when we talk about ups and downs and, and I talk about energy, you know, we, we talk about our personal energy. And so sometimes that may, might mean like we're frustrated with something not working or a piece of wood's not behaving like we want it to behave. Yeah. You know, there are a bunch of, bunch of reasons why we might not feel good about something. But then there are other times we, we feel great about, hey, we, we just satisfied a customer beyond expectation, for example, and, and the inward per- joy we feel for them might be one of those highs. So if you could share um, maybe in the getting going, maybe a down moment for you all and how you adapted to that. Mm -hmm. Well, um, as every business, you know, we all have our challenges. And frankly, we were extremely marketing illiterate and we had no clue where to start. I mean, I spent thousands of dollars on search engine optimization and Google this and Google that, you know, nothing brought the results that we we were hoping for until, you know, we had a friend of ours and, and he said, well, one of your freedoms is communication. And then he grabbed his phone and he said, you see this, this is, this is your platform. So I went, I spent the time and the money, um, to go to a seminar that was held by a friend of ours. Uh, his name is Manuel Suarez. He's the um, owner of AGM Agency. They are extremely good at what they do. And, um, you know, their statistics speaks for itself. I mean, they do marketing for Damon John and Dr. Mm-hmm. Eric Burke and anybody they touch, they just blow up. And um, I went to the seminar and Probably the most important thing I I took away from that seminar, besides a few other things, is that what really matters is the consistency. The content is not even so much so at the beginning. Just put stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Something that's interesting, something that's human-like. Talk about something. Show something. Show the process you do. Do unveils of the videos, uh, of the tables that you do, you know, and stuff like that. And and uh, I started to find that Instagram and Facebook was very saturated with stuff. So it was really hard to nail down the demographics on where to and who to market to. But then I found LinkedIn and um, LinkedIn was the platform that we actually, even today, we get about 80% of our production. Because everybody there is like-minded. They are there to do business. They are there to network, to help one another. And they're in the need of certain things. And there's a ton of designers and architects and business owners and, and um, marketers and you name it are all on LinkedIn. And I kept my consistency and I kept posting and literally burning the midnight oil, being up at midnight, like literally midnight or even later, and answering people to their comments. So it's a personal relationship. Right. And, you know, now we've been passed for seven years, and uh, I can go to a networking event in Tampa or even in Orlando or sometime Miami, and I would walk into a, a show, and people would come up to me like, Hey, uh, aren't you the wood guy from LinkedIn? <laughs> and I was like, wow, yeah, that's me. Hi, you know, 
but it's a good gauge because it means you're really putting it out there so people start noticing you, you know. And at the very beginning, probably one of the toughest one was it was right at Christmas. We we were still at the very beginning of like having clients and getting work, but the bills don't stop coming in just because there is no work. So, and it's very stressful. And I know that many business owners have problems at home because they can't, they can't separate the two and coming home from a hard day to a house there is, there's argument, there is financial stress, there is, you know, and, and we, we went through that as well, but then, you know, we kind of decided, well, we, we are going to do this together and, and be in it together and do it together as a business. Well, let's just not do it at all. We got to have fun at it. We cannot do it and not have fun at it. So we try to keep the positive attitude. We start following people who are really good mentors like Grant Cardone, you know, uh, Damon John, and just looking at successful people. And um, I went to Grant Cardone's boot camp. I went to his different seminars. Um, I actually personally know him from back L.A. when, I, when we lived in L.A. for a couple of years. And... Um, and we talked about our problems, you know, and, and um, getting onto the Cardone University was a very, very important um, turning point for our company because they have these little segments of videos on how to close somebody and what to do in certain objections. And that was the very beginning of that. And then one day this Christmas, we had a, we had a massive job that we closed in Houston, Texas. And they said the $50,000 check was in the mail. <laughs> so I was thinking, we're going to have a good Christmas, you know. So, and then nothing came. So I called, I said, hey, what's going on? We're, we're, what happened to the check? Oh, the, the owner called off the project. <clears throat> I was like, wow. I'm looking at the calendar. I'm like, man, there's eight days to Christmas. What are we going to do? So I started to take videos of things that I've basically I, I made. And um, within three days, because of our, we just, we just took like massive action. Grant Cardone says, when the shit hits the fan, you got to take massive action, you know, like you got to outcreate it. So instead of going into apathy and sitting in a corner under a rock somewhere, just blaming the world and blaming the company who didn't send the check. We just got into production and we just start talking it up. We start touring people. We start sending videos out. And um, we literally pulled in about twenty or $30,000 worth of work in a few days. And I looked at my wife. I'm like, well, this is really good and this is really bad. And she said, why? Well, it's really good because we turned the scene around, but it's really bad because now we know we could do it. So there's <laughs> no excuse. And this was, this was a tough one. And um, we realized that we need to get ourselves educated more on the marketing uh, platforms. And, and, you know, we had friends coming in and giving us advice. And uh, we did all kinds of bargain. I made furniture for somebody and they would help me build a website or, 
I would do something for somebody else and they help us with marketing, whatever it was, you know, so it takes a village. So we, we made it through, you know, and we just, we just connected with the right people. We try to play the spirit of play and not get too serious about it. And um, we kept our consistency on social platforms. So probably these three things um, is what really helped, helps to pull us through the, the difficult times, you know? Yeah, that's great. And, and those difficult times are life-sucking out of us at times, you know, and we start to worry and, and really get concerned. And people, like you said, can get apathetic and go in the corner and, and like, blame the world or, you know, fight back a little bit. And, and so not only did you guys fight back, but you took that high-level energy of, hey, let's keep this fun and let's, you know, let's, let's do stuff that that's unique to us and, and just keep the press on and we'll keep going. And then you, the orders came in and you figured out, oh my gosh, it works. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, 20, 2020 was, um, we had a bit of a, like three months where I did not know if I could keep the shop because everything oh, wow. put down, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that was one of those make it go right scenes. Yeah. Oh, that there are a lot of people who've gone through similar circumstances in 2020, and yeah. uh, and this is a great story. So, so that's the the, the downside. Let's let's talk about the upside a little bit in your business. What 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 gets you up in the morning? What what do uh, you all feel from a company perspective that really is a motivator for you? Okay, well. The way I look at it, when I try to hire people for the shop, I don't care what degree they have. I don't care how many years they worked in woodworking. If they don't have the passion for it, there's no way you could be in this business. There's no way. And probably the other thing that pulled us through the difficult times is the passion of it, you know, Mm -hmm. just to add to that a little bit. But, you know, we, we try to create, like, really interesting projects in the shop that like like when it's the weekend you can't wait to have monday and when it's monday you can't wait to get up like 5 30 in the morning and go to work you know and and um when you come in this is this is my playground man this is my turf what what happens to it is what i do with it yeah so if i mess up and i'm being lazy or i'm not doing something that will show up on the income stream Yep. If I come in and excited and finish projects and get them out the door, you know, that's that's that will also show up in your in your um, in your wallet and also in your free time and feeling accomplished. You know, we try to create um, projects that are exciting to get to, and most of the stuff that we built here we never made before. Like I, I had a client came in, you know, with, with her husband and said, you know, they give me this very unique table to build. It was designed in France. And um, they came in and they were kind of, I could tell that they were like really something sitting on their chest, you know. And I said, well, what's happening, guys? Yeah. And they said, well, you know, we really don't want to offend you, but we kind of feel like you don't know what you're doing. And I said, I said, you know, um, no offense taken. I really don't. They both looked at each other. They were like, well, we just paid you $12,000. I said, well, I'm a hell of a salesman, you know. <laughs> and they all laughed, you know. And I said, guys, 
you're a custom shop. I mean, you went around trying to find somebody to make this table. How many people did you find? They said, well, you were the only one who said yes. I'm like, yeah, because I think we could make this. So we will make it. So then we made it. And they came in and they were like still laughing about the scene of them coming in. And I'm telling them that I really don't know what I'm doing, you know. And they were <laughs> like, wow. And they thought it was very, very funny to them. But that, that is the thing that really gets me into the shop. Like, hey, how do I? I go to bed thinking about jigs and how I'm going to cut this, how much the blade's going to be out, you know. And some people, we don't, I don't watch TV. I just, I just don't. It's, we have a TV at home, but we don't have cable or whatever you call it, direct TV. You know, we don't watch it because all that comes out of it is negativity, suppression, depression. And by the time you're done, you're like a vegetable, you know. And my kids are not on electronics, period. They, I'd rather have them come to work with me or do stuff, but no, not on the phone, not on the iPad. And they don't even, like, reach for it so much, you know. Mm-hmm. You'd rather be extroverted. So the ops are the freedoms we have. I can get up in the middle of the day and have lunch with my son. His school is five minutes up the road. If I want to have lunch with my wife, I can. If I want to have a half a day, I can tell everybody to go home and the day is paid. Whatever it is, the, the freedoms that I could create a culture where people do want to come and work is, is what really helps me, you know, on, on pushing forward and being excited about the, about the company and about the future. And, you know, we, we've gone through ups and downs, especially in the last two years. And, and um, you know, it, it was just too many reasons to give in, but there was a hell of a lot more reasons to push through. And um, it, is, it is hard to find people like that who wants to be the same way as an em- employee or as a partner or anything like that, you know. And because of the lack of quality people, we are a custom shop. We do create incredible products. We do fall behind sometimes. And, but we don't quit. I don't just say, oh, I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm done. Just Here's the rest of the money. I'm out. I'll I'll push through, man. I don't care if it's in North Carolina and something got damaged on the shipping. I fly somebody up there to get it fixed. And then a client is like, oh, my God, what is this going to cost me? And I'm like, nothing. The The product is exchangeable when you receive it the way you dreamed it. And if it's not the way, it's not that way, then I need to make it that way. And I go until I get it right i don't stop and say i can't do this and then just walk away from it you know so that's a good trade that we have in this company that we all think with solutions instead of problems or stops you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's great so i i hear a few values that are coming out commitment dedication you know keep pushing through and then the other side is customer service like you love seeing the client feeling fulfilled about that product you're giving to them and you're going to make every effort to make sure that they feel that way. And that's definitely an up moment for you guys and gets you going. Thanks for sharing that. That's good. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, I also would love to hear because you are a master creator, like you, you are always thinking about 
what's that next piece? What's the next challenge I've got ahead of me? So from that perspective, if you think about, you know, who could you meet with deceased or living that you could talk with that you wouldn't normally talk to, who would that be and why? Mm, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Live or still live or live deceased. Or? Oh, it, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I already have talked to Grant Cardone. He's pretty much my <laughs> go-to guy because I know where he came from. I know all the troubles he went through, you know, and man, he was, he was in, in, uh, in for like a, a massive collapse back in 2008, mm. but he, he pulled through it, you know, and, um, I mean, he, his story is like, you know, he almost died when he was 25. Wow. I'm, I'm better off. I've never done drugs in my life, you know, ever. I don't even know what they were when I came to the U.S. When people were asking me about it, I'm like, so where do you get that? And they're like, <laughs> they're looking at each other, where do you get that? You get it on the streets. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you can get stuff on the streets here. <laughs> I have no idea. And I just really didn't know. I came from a small town in Hungary and went straight at sea for 10 years. And that was my life. And then I came to the U.S. and it was a culture shock for me. Like how disinterested people were about the environment and each other. So when I saw Grant Cardone and what he's creating and how much, how many hundreds of thousands of people he has helped with making his um, knowledge available to others, you know, if I, if I say he, he would probably be the guy, um, the other person I would like to talk to that I have never spoken to, it was probably um, uh, Damon John. Mm. He also came from humble beginnings, and, and he went through a lot, of, a lot of hardship, and he's an extremely wise um, business guy, and he, he knows so much, and he helps others. So, you know, I don't think wealth and knowledge really, really mean anything unless you share it. You know, it's, it's really, that's how I look at it. If you have knowledge and you share it with somebody and you help somebody by giving them what you know that helped you to be successful, then, then you say you've done a good deed. But people just keeping it to themselves and living on an island someplace and just enjoying that, that's fine too. But the value of the person is not really that high in my viewpoint because it's not really helping anybody, you know. That's why I think so much of, for example, the armed forces we have, veterans, you know, or law enforcement. A lot of them comes to the shop and works here because I just open the shop and say, if you guys want to work here, go right ahead. They're disciplined. Um, they have good work ethics. They're funny. They're helpful, you know. So, and that's only, that is the only group of people I found that are disciplined enough in the United States and you look around my freedom and my American dream comes from because of their doing you see I was a Hungarian guy 30 years ago who spoke zero English had no dreams had no ambitions other than let's just go see the world and then 30 years later I'm in the US I have a beautiful family I have a great business I'm love doing every day 
Uh, I have the option of expand and create even more and help others and hire and, you know, all the things that comes with it. And it's really because of the, the freedoms we have in the U.S. And I really think that that's what our veterans put there and have put there in the past 40 plus years, 50 plus years, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, what I, I hear from you, Peter, is, is your authenticity and, and how much you value and appreciate where you are today and those freedoms that you've obviously enjoyed to get to that point today. So whether it's Grant, you know, get and, and their beginnings and, and somebody like that motivating you, um, I hear a businessman talking about a mentor and then the space to operate in as a business person. So thank you for sharing that. That's some great insight, and a lot of people will benefit from what you're just sharing. Thank you. Well, I, I hope so. You know, I know it's, it's tough out there. I apprenticed a few people through the shop, probably about eight guys. And I showed them basic things how to do, and then they went off and they started their own business on their own. I don't think all of them really survived um, as a business owner, but um, I think maybe three, four of them are still uh, kicking and screaming and doing it, you know. But some of my friends thought, you're crazy, you're creating competitions. And I was like, not really, you know, not really. It's I'm not really creating a competition. I feel like I'm creating a stream of people who will try to or will carry on the trade itself because it mm -hmm. is really a lost trade. You don't find this anymore. Like, you know, I, one of my friends gave a great analogy um, when he told me that I should charge this much per hour. And um, I had a guy came in here and he was an attorney with his wife. And he said, well, what do you charge an hour? And I said, $275. And he looks at me, he's like, man, that's like an attorney. And I said, you know, it's true, but if you go out to East Bay Drive, how many attorney offices do you see? He goes, oh, it's in every block. I said, exactly. And how many craftsmen do you see? He's like, none. I said, man, I should charge $375 an hour. Now he's saying it. He's <laughs> like, no, it's okay. We take pride in that. We definitely take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. Peter, this has been absolutely fascinating. A lot of great lessons here. And again, really authentic. Love your work and, and love what you shared with, with our listeners and, and viewers today. So if, if people wanted to see some more of your work or get in touch with you, how can they do so? Well, on the website, uh, there's phone numbers, there's emails. Um, I'm very easy to get a hold of on Instagram or more so on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is basically my name, Peter Erdy. And um, we're kind of getting getting uh, more involved with Instagram. I was not so much involved with it. But now that we have hired a virtual assistant, you know, we, uh, we're kind of looking at it more and more. I'm pretty prone with my messages. I'm easy to get a hold of. If you're a, a crafts guy or you're just a hobbyist or you run into a, some kind of a stop where you have a question on something, I always answer people's questions. Um, I believe that's a good way to make friends, you know. And um, I try to get back to everybody within 24 hours. So I never go to bed earlier than like probably midnight. <laughs> it's like, you know, very important also keep your 
physical rudimentary things in like food, vitamins, sleep, very, very important. Right. You know? Right. Another great tip. All right. Well, airddesigns.com is where they can find your website and that'll be in the show notes as well. And again, thanks for being on the show today, Peter. Absolute treasure. Yeah, Michael, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.